Hello, I'm Leanna Bella. And I'm Louis Horsley. And welcome to Pearson's Family Law Podcast. Today's topic, Louis, is really interesting and it follows from a great seminar that we attended, hosted mm-hmm. by or spoken by a Judge Anna Boymore from the Federal Circuit Court. And the topic was, when is supervised time appropriate and what should that supervision look like? Mm-hmm. And I, I thought it was particularly appropriate, Louis, because more often than not, so many barristers and solicitors go to court saying supervised time. That's almost an automatic knee-jerk reaction yeah. when there are certain issues of risk or concern, or more particularly when a parent, um, often the father, has not been present in the children's life for some time or there's been a gap. But it can be the mother or the father, of course. Mm. Um, and most of us often say well there should be supervised time but without really thinking about what that supervised time looks like Mm. so at the present time louis the supervision often when you have a supervision order it's usually at either well you can do it privately or publicly yeah at a a contact center at a private contact center or a government funded contact center what are the waiting periods like the waiting periods for the government uh funded contact centers at the moment i think they're until august so it's about six months wait which is a problem because you're saying well there's been too much of a gap since the child's seen that parent but then you're exacerbating the gap by another six months exactly and sometimes that gap in itself is not in the child's best interest for that delay so that's actually a whole nother problem itself and how long do they give you when you do end up at the supervision centre? It's only about two hours, isn't it? Yeah, about a couple of hours. It's always um, determined by the centre themselves in terms of the duration, the time, so you don't have much control over it. It's not more than um, often than a week, is it? No. It's often two weeks. It's more regular. No. And, and what about private um, supervisors? Then the private ones, um, usually they're quite fast. You can... Uh, just engage them and they sort of have a position available next week. But even the private ones at the moment due to COVID and all that, um, yes. the waiting list is about 60 days, I think, at the moment for one of them. They're also, I mean, you can have them more often. That is, you don't have to, um, you can often, they work quite flexibly mm. with the parents' work schedules and it's yep. usually on the weekends and it can be yep. after work. At a park, at a play, play centre, yeah. at a church. The private ones are good. The um, government ones, uh, I think most of them are at... Centers. At they are at centres. The private um, ones are around the $95, I think, an hour mm-hmm. during the week. And on weekends, the increase is about $110 an hour, mm. roughly. Um, and there aren't that many organisations that do it. No. But that is the landscape for supervised time. Of course, there are also family members or friends that sometimes offer themselves as supervisors. Yep, family members. They can be okay. Um, usually one party will always have some objection to a family member supervising the time because of various biases. Biases, it's not impartial. Oh, they won't be able to control his or her emotions. They won't properly supervise. But a way to get around that is always to um, agree or prepare an undertaking um, that sets out the obligations that family member has and they sign it and the judge said she does like to eyeball the supervisor Mm. she likes to see them she likes to know that they understand what an undertaking 
that is a commitment, a legal commitment to supervising means. It means mm. that you are there all of the time and that you will report an issue if it's... And remove the child. It, and remove the child situations. from dangerous situation. It depends on the level of risk. You can write in the undertaking eyes at all times so you never leave. You don't, you don't even go to the bathroom, for instance. You should put in the undertaking whether it means you can leave yep. the house. Yep. Well, whether um, you're just required to be in substantial attendance, which can mean that the parent and the child can go in the backyard and play while maybe you sit inside, um, you know, chilling on the couch, making a coffee. So there's various degrees of supervision depending on the risks that are present yeah. in the case. But everyone has to be very clear about that, don't they? And so that's where yeah. often the um, conflict arises because one person thinks this is what it means to supervise and another person yeah. thinks, well, I just provide yeah. accommodation and I can go on yeah. cooking and watching TV. And then they don't know what the, what they're doing. They don't know what no. they actually have to do and that's a dangerous situation. And the other sometimes. thing is sometimes they don't know what the risk is. Yeah. What are they actually supervising and protecting yeah. from? Mm. Um, and Judge Boyle pointed that out, that it's really important that the supervisor knows what the allegations are, what the risks are. Mm. Is it because of drinking? Are you stopping the parent drinking are you stopping the parent taking drugs are you stopping the parent i don't know mm. not stopping the parent doing anything but just making sure there's a refamiliarization mm. so it's important that the supervisor knows that isn't it yeah yeah very important and yeah use the example actually of um you know and with respect the supervisors um do a at the contact centers the private ones do a you know great job but they are just told most of the time someone's coming in at 2 30 just sit and watch them and no one exactly tells them all the time well yeah as you said what the risk is so they might see the child sitting on one of the parents laps and think that's nothing it's no problem it's a normal parent-child relationship but that risk could be something that requires them to not have a child on their knee not because of allegations of sexual, of sexual abuse. abuse or mishandling or something like that or it could be you know risk of denigration or verbal abuse and so it's not just important to watch but to hear what is being said yes because it's emotional abuse or manipulation and so it's important for the supervisor to actually mm. hear the conversation yeah so that's why it's important for the supervisor to know why yeah but sometimes yeah. the reason why is not always i mean as she was saying supervisions you know people go into the court sort of oh your honor give me supervised time gunno the court needs to know what the risk is what the factors are um is supervised time actually appropriate in this you know in the circumstances for example if you've got let's just say the father um the mother saying he's a drunk um he's a perpetual drinker he's an alcoholic it could be that he only drinks on weekends or only drinks at night or, you know, it could be circumstances that don't actually require some fixed supervised yes, time. Yeah. The, court's not, the court's not going to make that as a first option. They're sort of going to make that as a last, last resort option. option. Um, and there's many ways you can get around that without the need to go to supervision. You can say, okay, well, the child's going to spend time with the father from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. for brunch. The father's going to... Um, breathe into a breathalyzer app on the iphone that's before right the time commences, there's that app on the phone the time concludes yeah, yeah there's many ways to get around it even when um you know for in those situations where a father or mother's turned out out of the blue six years not seeing the child um supervised time's not going to be the best option to facilitate that gradual reintroduction of that's that right because a supervisor is not a therapeutic counselor yeah. or a psychologist yeah. so there's other methods for that it might counseling. be better to have 
not supervised time, but for the child to be introduced to the parent who's been ab absent from their lives, whether it's for one year or more, at um, a counsellor's office so that mm. the counsellor facilitates the reintroduction mm. and then they go off and have unsupervised time. Yeah. So it is about being creative, isn't it? Yeah, and, and also not about just being one sensible. cookie cutter. Yes, yeah. being sensible. Be sensible to the risk. Yeah, not one size doesn't fit all, and so you have to be thinking very creative, creatively about your first point of call. Should be what other options are available? What is uh, another way of doing this? And then your second point of call. If you do need supervision, why is it that you need mm. supervision? And Judge Boymore did say, didn't she? She wants absolute clarity, as do all of yep. the judges, on what the risk is. Yep. Give me an example of the risk. Mm -hmm. State it clearly. Don't be wishy-washy yep. about it. It's not satisfactory, um, you know, as she was saying, for instance, to say, he's a drunk, my, sh my child shouldn't be around him. You need to say, well, how does his condition affect the child or affect the situation? Is there physical abuse against a risk of physical abuse against the child? Is there a risk of anger outbursts? Um, he's unable to control his emotions. There's mental health issues. Mental health. There's a safety and um, risk and a risk of neglect because he's going to get so drunk and pass out yep. on the living room floor in front of the fireplace, leaving a three-year-old or abduction, threat of abduction exactly. of the child. They're the risks that you know. That's the target that the notice of risk that you have to file in every children's case requires. Be specific about the child abuse or the risk of child abuse or the neglect or the risk of neglect, the family violence or the risk of violence or exposure to violence. As you said, the uh, misuse of drugs, alcohol, substance abuse. But uh, what we see more often, of course, mental health issues that yep. arise. Be specific about that. Or yep. abductions. Um, you really need to know that information before you complete that notice of risk and it needs to be specified because you cannot go in automatically thinking, oh, well, this parent hasn't had time for quite a while. It's going to be supervised. Not so. No. That's, the, that's the last point of call, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. So if you have any questions about your situation, feel free to make an appointment with any one of our solicitors, which is a free appointment. But other than that, we hope you've enjoyed that podcast. And uh, goodbye from the Annabella. Goodbye from Louise. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you.